0: Hey you spooky good humans I'm your host Nicole and this week we're going to be talking about the 1990 unsolved murder of Terrell Orcott from Clay County Florida. Terrell's murder rocked this quiet rural community and remains one of their longest cold cases. Terrell Lynn Steele Orcott was born on February 19th, 1963, and her sister Cheryl has described her as fun, loving, and kind. And at the time of her murder, Terrell was living with their mother, Rosie, in the Middleburg Clay Hill area. Her sister told First Coast News back in 2018, quote, it's a crying shame your murder goes unsolved longer than you've been alive end quote. This is such a powerful statement. Cheryl has fought for the last 32 years to find justice for her sister. Now let's talk about Terrell and the circumstances surrounding her murder and let's try and get Cheryl and Terrell the justice that they both deserve. On January 20th, 1990, Terrell spent the evening with her boyfriend at his house in Jacksonville. Now, I was listening to a podcast, and they had interviewed uh, Cheryl, and she said that he actually lived in Jacksonville Beach, but a majority of sources have him listed as living in Jacksonville. But Jacksonville Beach and Jacksonville are very close to each other, so we're just going to go with Jacksonville. Now, on uh, January 21st at 5 a.m., Terrell decided to head back home, and she jumped in her 1989 red ford thunderbird and she planned on making that 35 minute trip home everything seemed to be going swimmingly and there were no issues that is until for reasons unknown terrell pulled over on county road 218 and mysteriously disappeared and nobody in her family knows why she was on county road 218 she was only a couple minutes from home and And that is not the way that she normally would have taken to get back to her house. Later that day, a man driving down County Road 218, who in a majority of the sources has him listed as coming home from work, but again, that podcast has him actually driving to a gas station Um. That was down the road on 218. He's going to be the one who stumbles upon Terrell's car. And when he finds Terrell's car. He finds it with the vehicle still running. Keys are in the ignition. And the driver's window is down. And the headlights are still on. Now. After reporting the suspicious car to the Clay County Sheriff's Department, the investigation into the owner's whereabouts would begin. And inside the car, the Clay County Sheriff's Office, which from here on out, I'm going to refer to as CCSO, they're going to find Terrell's purse. And inside her purse, it was containing cash, credit cards, and her ID. So they were... Very easily able to figure out who this car belonged to. And while they were canvassing the area 50 feet away, they would actually find her prescription glasses. Now, if you wear glasses, especially at night or especially to drive, you know that you are not going to just drop those things. You need them to see. I'm legally blind. I have to wear glasses all the time. So they find her glasses. They find her car. They find her purse things are looking super suspicious right now. And so now they're going to start canvassing the area and the vicinity around where her car was found. And they are going to talk to the neighbors who are very few and far between because like I said earlier, back in 1990, this was a very rural community. I'm really sorry I can't say that word that is like the hardest word in the English language to pronounce. It was a super rural community and they were actually lucky, lucky enough to get a witness who actually lived not that far from where her car was found. And this witness is going to tell CCSO that they actually heard a woman yelling early in the morning, quote, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, end quote. And then they heard a car speed off. Now, the circumstances around Harold's car and how it was found and what the witnesses had heard and reported to CCSO. This caused the rumor mill in the small town to swirl. I mean, it was insane just how bad the rumor mill was churning at this point. And one of the biggest rumors that, um, the sheriff's department was facing was that it was actually one of their officers that was involved in her disappearance. However, CCSO has stated that all of their deputies were accounted for that day. And they are very, very adamant that it was none of their, none of their deputies. However, they did acknowledge that somebody was impersonating a law enforcement officer and may have been involved in Terrell's murder. So we know that it's not them or we say that we know that it's not them, but there was somebody who was potentially impersonating an officer. So I don't know. I I don't know that this is like the big rumor. This is like rumor, rumor numero uno that was floating around. But for seven days after Terrell went missing, friends, families, volunteers, they are forming search groups. They are searching tirelessly for Terrell. They are not going to give up until they find Terrell. And one week later, on January 28th, they would find her. However, it's not going to be the ending that the family had hoped for. Terrell's body was actually found in a palmetto thicket off Lee road in Florida 21 near the black Creek. Two young boys who were riding their ATV through the area are going to be who discovers Terrell's partially nude body, just 50 feet inside of that tree line. And Terrell's mother, Rosie is actually going to rush to the scene and she's going to be greeted by, um, CCSO and a preacher who was going to give them the devastating news that they have found Terrell, but that her life had been taken. And her sister told her sister, Cheryl told first coast news back in 2018. in that same article I mentioned earlier, quote, she didn't even change her nightgown. She just grabbed a sweater and took off up there. And if that is not the most mama bear, thing I have ever read I don't know what is I'm a mom and I I don't know how I would react to getting that kind of news the the sheriff's office calls me and says we found your daughter and that is all the information that they give you so of course you're like oh my god she's in the hospital She's fine. she's alive you know there was an accident something you're you're praying because in this situation that's that's like best case scenario she's alive but she's injured but she's alive you know that's that's the number one thing however that's not the that is not the information that this family gave and it is just so heartbreaking i i can't even imagine um her sister has been fighting like i said for the last 32 years to find answers for her sister's case So calls the medical examiner to the scene and then Terrell was then transported to the medical examiner's office for an autopsy. Because of the level of decomposition, the medical examiner was not able to determine if Terrell was sexually assaulted. The medical examiner does determine that she was beaten shortly before she died and then her, and that her official cause of death was two stab wounds to the chest. She also had a b- broken clavicle on her left side. CCSO launched their investigation into Terrell's murder. And at first they examined the car, how the driver's window was down and the clavicle on the left side was broken. So, Police with this information in mind theorize that somebody had potentially reached into the window and violently ripped Terrell out of the car. So we know that Terrell's clavicle is broken on the left side, which would be the side that would be by the driver's window. So this kind, this theory fits with the idea that somebody was impersonating a law enforcement officer. They pulled Terrell over and they reached in, they hit her with a sharp object or something, broke the clavicle and pull her out of the window. But this again, is just a theory and we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that Terrell shouldn't have been on 218 to begin with. Her route home should have taken her from 295 to 103rd Street. Then she would have headed south on County Road 217. Now, Lee Road was also thoroughly investigated because, like I said earlier, this was a dirt road. And it just circles back to Blanding Boulevard, which is at FL 21. So, police were kind of confused why Terrell was even on 218. Um, so, I don't know. But Detective Schoenover told First Coast News in two thousand eighteen, quote, You have to think. Who knew to put her there? Someone familiar with the area. So Detective Schoenover thinks, okay, so somebody we know gets her pulled over, right? We we get her pulled over onto two eighteen, kidnaps her, murders her, and then dumps her on to Lee Road. And Detective Schoenover thinks that somebody either knew her, or was extremely familiar with the area that Terrell's body was found. So I kind of I'm leaning towards that too. Because from my understanding, this area was very desolate. And you wouldn't know it unless you drove it constantly because like I said earlier there are still to this day in 2022 dirt roads in Middleburg like there are still people who live off of dirt roads I wouldn't know any of these dirt roads because I don't live in Middleburg I don't travel out that way but there are they are still there So again, Cheryl is going to tell Action News Jax, which is another news company here in Jacksonville, um, in 2019 about her sister's death and how it has just loomed over her family. Quote, it's like a dream and you can't wake up from it. You want to wake up and for her to just be in the room, end quote. So Cheryl is not giving up 2018. 2019, she is still getting her sister's name and her sister's story out there because there's nothing. We have her car and we have the evidence that came from her body, but that is it. Y'all, there's nothing else to the story. It's, it is mind boggling how we don't have any other information than just this little tiny bit. Now, Detective Rob Schoenover, who I mentioned earlier, he is still with CCSO, and he has stated that there have actually been several persons of interest. No suspects, just persons of interest throughout the years. The two main people were Cheryl's ex-husband and her boyfriend from when, um, she went missing and was murdered. These two men were eventually cleared um, as suspects and they were no longer investigated. They both had alibis and everything with those two men does check out. Now, Detective Schoenover also said, quote, someone back there in 1990, you commit a murder, you don't keep quiet, end quote. So I think what he means there is that somebody back in 1990 knows something or was there or heard something because the saying is like chatty Cathy's you know you you do something you say something like you don't just not tell anybody I mean look at the BTK he wanted recognition so bad so he wrote in letters to the police and got himself caught like whoever did this said something somebody knows something and they have said something. Middleburg is too small of an area, especially back in 1990, for somebody to not know something. So look, Middleburg, people, I'm looking at you. Y'all know something. Please say something. Now, over the decades, a number of investigators took a look into Cheryl's murder, and they were adding it to the already large case file. Because like I said earlier, this is actually the oldest unsolved murder in Clay County. Clay County only has six cold cases terrell's is the longest open cold case so somebody has to know something and i was actually listening to morbid um earlier and it was their episode butcher of kingsbury run part one and it was either ash or alina and they said a cold case is never frozen it just needs to be thawed off so somebody in middleburg please thaw this case y'all know something i know somebody knows something you have to know something. All it takes is one of our listeners to heat this case back up because I know that I have some friends who listen in in Florida and I know that I have some Florida natives who listen. So please, if you know something, let's be the person who heats this case back up. Let's get this family justice. Now, sadly, Terrell's mother Rosie died from brain cancer back on August 21st of 1997 she died never knowing who murdered her daughter. and according to reporting by Teresa Stepinsky, Cheryl said quote, "The person who killed Terrell killed her mother too. Rosie Rosie, this is heartbreaking. Rosie prayed to God to take her away and I can only assume she wanted God to end her pain because I could not imagine living with the knowledge that my daughter was murdered and that nobody was being punished for that murder. And it wouldn't be until Rosie got sick that she would admit that she was wrong. She was wrong because she wished that she had more time. She wanted more time to live and to find justice for her baby girl. And Cheryl has vowed to get answers for her family. She said, quote, My mother died of brain cancer before she got answers, but she is not going to die before she gets answers. She did say that if she doesn't get answers. And if she doesn't keep pushing that she may end up just like her mother and passing away before she gets answers. And I don't want that to happen. I want Cheryl to get those answers and to get that justice for her baby sister, because she believes that whoever murdered her sister knew her sister. It was very personal. And if you look into like the psychology of stabbings, those are generally more personalized attacks. You are angry and it is like a personal attack. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That is just my hypothesis on that. Now, Cheryl has not given up and she won't give up and girl, I am with you. I will not give up. I'm actually going to link Cheryl's Facebook group in the show notes so if you guys want go like it you know keep up with the story share her story get Terrell's name out there let's get this case closed for this family because it's it is so heartbreaking and Cheryl actually told Action News Jax that she keeps a hope chest And inside that hope chest, she's got pictures of Terrell. She has tapes of them from when they were kids and young adults and little things that just remind her of her sister are also in that, in that chest. And like I said earlier, um, Rosie did pass away, but their older brother has also passed away, not knowing what happened to Terrell. And Cheryl has said, if she doesn't beat it, then she will too. And I don't want to see that happen. I, if there is anything that I could get from my podcast is to one, get the story out there, get people talking about these more obscure cases. Because when I typed in Terrell's name into Apple podcasts, only one other show has covered her case. And that's why I pick these such obscure stories because i want to get their name back out there because they deserve justice just as much as the next person and sometimes when you don't have a lot of traction it's harder to get justice because you know the what is it the the squeaky wheel gets the grease i'm going to be a squeaky wheel If I can be a squeaky wheel, y'all can help me be squeaky wheels, and we can form like a little bandwagon or like um it's probably gonna date me, but like you the Oregon Trail, little like covered wagons, we are gonna be the squeaky wheels on the Oregon Trail. Okay? Help me out, y'all. On August thirty first of this year, actually, Ryan Backman, the founder of Project Cold Case, met with CCSO and they wanted to discuss these cold cases. Like I said, there's only 6 in Clay County themselves. Now, Project Cold Case was actually founded in 2015 to publicize all un solved homicides in Florida and throughout the United States. Now, during this meeting with the Sheriff's Department, Sheriff Michelle Cook agreed to distribute 150 cold case card decks into the Clay County Jail. There's only one jail in Clay County, so it would that's why there's only 150 decks. Um, and they wanted to do it to raise awareness for not only Terrell's case, but the five other unsolved homicides in Clay County and detectives on Terrell's case have asked that anyone who has encountered a person who was impersonating a police officer in the late 1980s to the early 1990s in Northeast Florida, doesn't matter if it was outside of Clay County, Northeast Florida at all, you're encouraged to call the Clay County Sheriff's office. So, you know, between project cold case and podcasts and you know, just getting that general traffic, let's see if we can get some answers for Terrell's family. And Detective Shunover is actually working with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, FDLE, technicians to see what pieces of evidence that were collected back in 1990, can be processed by today's DNA standards. That is all the information that I could find on the FDLE and then processing some DNA and hoping that we can get, you know, some answers. So like I've said before, I'll say it again. If you know something, say something. If you have heard of somebody impersonating a law enforcement officer in Northeast Florida, between nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety, call them, let them know. I know Terrell's um, Facebook page, that's run by her sister, had posted about another law enforcement officer, or somebody who was impersonating a law enforcement officer, who was recently um, captured and prosecuted. I. Don't really remember the logistics of the post, but it is on there if you scroll um, down it's like one or two posts down. Um but if you want to remain anonymous, you can actually call First Coast Crime Stoppers at 866 845 tips. That's 866 845 8477. And you can also call the Clay County Sheriff's office directly at 904-264-6512. If you want to email me and be like, hey, listen, I have this information. I don't feel comfortable going to law enforcement. I will go to law enforcement for you. I don't mind. I'll call them. I'll shoot them an email. What's the worst that can happen? I'm going to be like, listen, hey, I have some information. This person gave me this information. They want to remain anonymous. They don't want to get involved. I'll get involved. Let's get this family some answers. And I want to leave you with this quote that I already said to you earlier. Um, that Cheryl Turner, which is Terrell's sister, has said, it's a crying shame that your murder goes unsolved longer than you've been alive. So please, if you have any information regarding the unsolved murder of Terrell Orcott, call the Clay County Sheriff's Department. Please. And that's it on the story of the unsolved murder of Terrell Orcott. So, if you don't mind, leave me a rating, leave me a review, join our Facebook group. You can follow me on Instagram, murdered and missing pod. Facebook group is murdered and missing true crime podcast discussion group. I got to shorten that, but I got to come up with something catchy. So if you know something catchy, shoot me an email, let me know. I hope you return next week to listen to next week's episode. Um. I am totally open to doing some listener suggestions, so shoot me an email. That is also going to be in the show notes for this week's episode, and I hope you guys stay spooky and be a good human.